0: Ta-da. Hello, well, <laughs> hey. hello, and welcome to IRC Book Club episode number what?
1: Who cares? It's every week, and you never know. I never know. I never. What's look the at... point? We're reading "Eat Their Lunch" by Anthony Ian Arino,
0: and we're enjoying it. Are Pause. we not? There is. I've, a... enjo-
1: I've enjoyed it less this week. Me too. I'm going to rip into it in a minute.
0: Why have you enjoyed
1: it less? Uh, we'll come to it when we come to it. Really. Well, then, so, uh, let's start with why have you enjoyed it less? Uh, because I didn't like chapter five at all. No, that's unfair. Let, let's read chapter four and then we'll go into chapter five. I'll tell you how much I disliked chapter five. I wrote in it in red pen because I was getting angry. <laughs> and I'm not exaggerating. Right. So I started re- writing it to it
0: in red pen. What, like an angry school teacher? Yeah, well, your yeah, mum did yeah. teach English?
1: So, yes, yeah, she was an English teacher, my mother, yes. And, and, so I mean, chapter four... I mean, we'll go through chapter four in a minute, I guess. I liked most of it and I thought it started well, um, but I didn't agree with it all. And then I found chapter five was a little bit more like that. And then chapter six, I can't, but I thought of chapter six without looking at it. But there's two points, isn't it? Is, is one, am I am I glad I'm reading the book? Yeah, hundred percent. Would I suggest somebody should buy the book? Yeah, hundred percent. Would I suggest somebody should read the book? Yep, definitely, no doubt it's all about it. So let's Actually, talk about chapter four What do I think four, of then? its content is the other question what do i think of its content i started liking its content a little bit less but i do actually like the book
0: yeah i mean my headlines for today are i felt like the book's lost a little bit of flow but i feel like a lot of that is because it's lost flow from where i wanted it to go and i'll explain what i mean it's gone in a different direction to where i anticipated it was going to go
1: yeah i mean let's get it right chapter four the title is prospecting with the intention of displacement you what got a me great time yeah you got my interest I'm reading that yeah, you really got my interest. And then actually, it goes on a little bit, and then it says, one of the first subsections is, develop a list of dream clients. And actually, if you were to sit down with a salesperson and say, right, you're a new business salesperson, I want you to go out and win some business, the number one thing that sits above leads and above sales and above everything else in a pipeline is what you're putting into the top of it. Correct. And, and what this fellow says... What you're putting, putting
0: saying, into... I think Miller, the phrase Miller Heimer refers to as the universe...
1: Correct and actually, or Above. ideal customer criteria—that's what we use. Yeah. That I wrote. I
0: wrote that down here. I say, yeah, says, yeah, uh, yeah, you know, it's not an inward
1: revenue; it's a general salesism. So what Anthony is saying here is, he's saying, right, we're going to look at which clients we're going to go and try and win. Firstly, the dream client. Let's develop that list of dream clients, and he's one hundred percent right. I think. What does your client well, look like? That makes you it and problem?
0: I both know that actually, if you look at strategically in our own business. What's been probably one of the most strategically decisive and beneficial things we've done in the last two and a half to three years has been we put a lot of work in over a number of workshops in really defining our ideal client. 100%, now brand. we know what it is. And that, and that knowledge of that was much more powerful than we anticipated it was going to be at the time. But what we do know is exactly what a good client looks like.
1: Yes, so you're not having to qualify out later on down the process. You qualifying straight off. The
0: qualifying back. out when you sat going through a territory report. Well, the point 500 is you don't it out because you never put it in the first place.
1: Yeah, and, and I mean his point is that the only really bit of this subsection that I underlined actually is if they don't value what you sell enough to pay more, they are not
0: a dream client. Yeah, bang right.
1: He's a hundred percent right. Couldn't yep. be more right, the guy. Absolutely, yep. completely agree with that.
0: And he, t- you know, he he's onto some quite simple stuff here about pointing out that looking at a company's website is just not enough. That's a pet hate of mine. Well, it's pet hate of mine with candidates that do it with job interviews. Yeah, That's what's the preparation? That, that... <laughs> I've looked at their website, oh bloody great. <laughs> yeah.
1: We're all saved.
0: Yeah, as the candidate wipes the blood from his nose as I've reached down the phone and punched him on it. Oh
1: yeah, but I Anthony's mean, <laughs> point is fair, you know, and he's sort of saying what everybody else is doing is just looking at the website. You need to go a little bit deeper than that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, and you, it, 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 well, you know, we're doing some work at the moment, I'm, I'm profiling clients uh, for a project we're doing, I'm actually following uh, chapters one, two, three here. 3 yeah. here, um, and I've been profiling clients and I've been looking at their accounts and companies house, so I've been going a little bit deeper than the book is su- suggesting by looking for angles um, based on that, and yeah, you, you can find out an awful lot, there's so much info out there that's free
1: yeah it just takes a little bit of time yeah and then his next point is create prospective client tiers. for those of you who are listening what he's talking about here is he's saying let's have three different clients four different client tiers. sorry platinum they're your dream clients gold they're not far off in your dream clients silver uh, and bronze obviously and again you know he's absolutely 100 right about that yeah there's some clients that are absolutely 100 percent perfect prospects for where well, you. you
0: look at it and think my god that's just absolutely where we play
1: yeah 100% you know i i, I um we had a placement with unit four last year and, and when i met the client i don't know if you listen, but when i met the client i don't think he believed me when i said to him it's taken me 18 years to deal with you and it actually you know it has jonathan yeah you
0: know, i've been there i've sat and watched it's you taken do it me
1: 18 years and i tell you why it took me 18 years because i knew that we would do a good job for them what happened oh we got a placement oh what a surprise and then another what a surprise so that's what Ian Arena was talking about. Um, now, actually, I do think that in some markets, in recruitment and in sales, actually, you've got salespeople and you've got sales associates and you've got sales helpers, whatever their title is. I think the grading and creation of platinum, gold, silver, bronze, client rosters, that's a sales associate, that's a researcher's job, more than it is necessarily a salesperson's job. Because I think you end up tied up a lot in that, you know.
0: Well, we've got a lot of candidates who'd say, I get paid too much to do that.
1: Yeah, and you're saying it with a cheesy voice, but they're right, actually. Yeah, they are. That's the
0: researcher's job. That. Yeah. It, it, to, to be fair, uh, and he, he mentioned some interesting things here. You know, here's the balance: minimal viable research. You want to do just enough research to be effective in I prospecting. I love that phrase, "minimal viable research." Well, that's so you, and, and that's why I highlighted it. Was it, you want to do just enough research to be effective in prospecting and nurturing your dream client? There are things you need to know to be able to prospect, and once you've got the information, you can nurture and prospect within your dream client's company. And I think the point is. He probably could have elaborated that on that a little bit about how easy it is to go down a rabbit hole Mm. and how often, you know, sometimes I speak to clients and a client will say, oh, I fired so-and-so and and you'll go, why? And he'll say, oh, he was, when he first started, I thought he was going to be great. He spent hours doing account plans and really drilling into companies, but then he never actually went out and met anyone.
1: Yes. You know, can
0: you remember that we were talking about it the other day, nicknames? Uh, 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 and there was one client who referred to one guy as the olympic torch yes um but the, he never went out he never went out um and that's that that's very much for me i thought that minimal viable research I also MVP.
1: Thought he, he makes a point about the type of research they're getting so you, you know he says here i went to, to witten i, I see he went to wittenberg college my sister's husband went there too we should meet I mean, he's given that as an example yeah. of bad stuff too, but he's 100% right, 100%. Couldn't be more accurate about
0: that. Absolutely. Actually, it, it, that's not what he's what he's getting at. And then what he talks about is, um, he says, I, ideally you should run a campaign that tackles stakeholders one by one, move on to new stakeholders only after you've established a strong line of communication with the first stakeholder or failed to get a meeting with them. Now... I... Uh, I start, he started to lose me at this point.
1: Oh, what page are you on? Was that on page 80 where he starts to lose me?
0: 79. I, I, and I were...
1: I, I, and when you say losing, to be clear, I think you're, you mean you disagree with him.
0: Y- yeah. I started to feel like, it's well, just not quite congruent with my training. And, and And I wrote at the top of the page, what about creating a coach?
1: Well, in fairness, then, in page eighty to an eighty-one, he's talking about speaking to different stakeholders within the account. Do you not think he's addressing that there?
0: I don't feel like he is now. So he, he talks about developing a contact. Why did he lose you then, at page eighty?
1: Um, because I think what he said. So he says here, Today, like- authority has been dispersed through the organisation. Decisions have been made by consensus i just don't agree with that i think there's always one person that has more power than the other for the problem they're trying to solve
0: what he refers to as the ceo of the problem
1: yeah and i think he sort of contradicts himself a little bit
0: yeah a little bit i really did like that phrase ceo of the problem i love
1: that i love that ceo of the problem you know 100 but then
0: but then what i was hoping was he would extrapolate more on was using the ceo of the problem and getting the ceo of the problem to leverage you around the organization and coach you around it
1: yeah yeah i, I agree with that i thought this bit was were, were, just that little bit was a bit weak for me but then actually that bleeds into chapter five which i'm going to rant about in a minute as it happens okay uh blocking time is one of his subtitles the only real secret to pro- productivity is to spend your time doing what is most important until completion well he couldn't be more right i thought it was 100
0: yeah 100 percent. yeah if, if it's not blocked out your diary you ain't going to get it done it's, me, that. it's very me it's just very us, isn't it mm. um so I, yeah i don't want to be too down on this chapter because actually i've taken some quite big takeaways ceo of the problem time blocking
1: well if you look at these is doing minimal section,
0: viable research
1: if you look at his do it now section it's all great make a list of your platinum dream clients research these clients uh, drop three 90 minute blocks into your calendar it's 100 percent right it, just for me that this chapter just started to show a few cracks where i thought because up until this point i was 100 percent in agreement with him And yes. this chapter is chipped away at that one hundred percent now agreement. i'll tell
0: you why he's lost me here in part two so i've loved part one
1: i thought part one was absolutely excellent
0: of the books we've done thus far on book club uh, part one really had my attention
1: my favorite book we've read
0: Yeah, particularly it's caught me at a time where I'm on a big focus on some new client acquisition. It's really got my imagination. The first thing I wrote about three pages into part two was, I feel like we've taken an enormous leap and assumed we've got through the door. So we've gone from creating prospecting lists
1: Mm.
0: to making some calls and getting some content out there. And then it just assumes I've got an appointment.
1: Yeah, fair comment. You know, I hadn't hadn't viewed it like that. And my disagreement
0: is, I think you can talk Millerheim in this and spin that and solution selling this, but I know, for example, with our own offering as a business, you put me in a room with someone, the incumbent's out within six months. Okay. In our sector. You and I both know don't we you put us in yeah, a room with a client. that's
1: because there's a reason to sit down with
0: you you put us in a room with a senior level client that's got the power to make a decision on which recruiters they they, they see we will see the incumbent off I'm all right and I just felt like there's not enough on actually you want to win a competitive displacement well could get a client to meet you
1: yeah I think I agree with you I think and if- I'd,
0: I would have liked a lot more on getting in the room.
1: Okay, so that's that. What do you actually think about
0: the content in chapter five? Helping your dream clients discover something about themselves. So what he's basically saying is, you can't just turn up and ask them what keeps you awake at night. He's saying the, the world's moved on since then, hasn't he? Yes. Because um, what do I think? We got into some quite. It, it got very dense. Got very dense. Very quickly. quickly.
1: Too much as well.
0: So it went from being a book about. Make, making five from, canvas calls a week to some it, pretty it, dense theoretical stuff. It went from stuff.
1: being a book that you could do and you could stick on to your existing processes. To quite heavyweight it was a, theory. It was an enhancement of your existing processes yeah. and a really good one. But then the heavyweight theory, I thought to myself, that is a book in it bloody self and there's no way I'm going to do it. He talks about different biotypes. You know, he's probably right, but why would I need to change my biotype profile process? He talks about the interrelationship of those different biotypes. Yeah, you're probably right, but am I going to do it? Definitely not. And I actually finished chapter five, thinking, "A, that took a lot of reading, because it was quite a lot of it was a very new paradigm in terms of how." It I is.
0: wrote exactly that, pricey.
1: And, and I'm not saying these paradigms wrong. But I just thought it was just so new and so much stuff. I mean, I'm not going to do it, and I honestly can't see see the salespeople that I, that I place and work with doing it. I just thought it
0: was too much. Yeah, I mean he's he's talking about recommend it, 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 he's put a footnote here about uh, Claire Graves' Spiral Dynamics. I've actually tried to study Spiral Dynamics pricey. You know how nerdy and geeky I can get and you know how comfy I am reading really dense stuff. Spiral Dynamics blew my brains away mate and I'm a a, a, a prodigious like stuff. I mean, he's prodigious to, to, well, reader. Well honestly I've books. never
1: I've never heard of that book but I've just got done this chapter and thought do you know so I I don't want to I, ironically
0: my therapist recommended spiral dynamics. I, I, I
1: don't want to take it away from the guy because what, what i've got to tell you what he is saying i'm sure is right but actually but actually these sales books are a practical field book that you can pick up in a situation and apply to your own environment you just not i just can't see people doing that at all
0: yeah it's it fat i've got to say uh, anthony i'm looking forward to seeing you on saturday um
1: it's factually spot on. It's
0: factually spot on. It's fascinating. It's interesting. I think if I didn't have a paradigm,
1: did paradigm, you're away. That's that a good I'd
0: one. that I'd already already integrated. I think this is a really good, interesting, intellectually ac- intellectually workable paradigm.
1: You'd love to talk to the guy about it w- with an account in a sale. It's fascinating. Yeah, you're interested in selling stuff. Yeah, no, my wife would be interested in it. But it's fascinating. But actually.
0: I, I I couldn't agree more that there's an awful lot to learn and integrate
1: it'd, it'd like in so, this it'd chapter. It'd be like sending a soldier out into the field and say, I'll tell you what, there's a new gun. Get it out of the box and shoot somebody. Here's and the, he's going to go, but people are shooting at me, Mike. And, and saying, here's what, the what?
0: theory and the physics behind what happens when the bullet gets uh, yeah, tapped yeah, off get, in the chamber. Get, get the
1: gun out of your box. Well, I, I, I'm going to choose other gun, Mike. Oh, OK. Yeah,
0: and that's so... What this is a bit like... Yes, yeah, really. so, so chapter five, I think, we're, but it, it's interestingly... I'm just going to get to the point in the in the notes here mike on page 97 i wrote this is going to take some integrating the books losing its practical bent and i think you've said exactly the same we've we've both come to the same conclusion i
1: wrote it at the start i mean i wrote it on page 95 i just i put on page 95 actually i have put it quite often with the books if i'm not getting anywhere i've put my second notes for a while why not so then i reread the previous five pages and then i know why yeah um
0: because you can't
1: disagree with him he's right it's yeah. great. To ninety-eight cognitive intelligence, people with high cognitive IQ lines are smart. But it's one hundred percent right. Emotional intelligence is made up of two fundamental parts. It's right. Moral intelligence. It's right. It's all right. But actually, how practical is it?
0: There was just so much in such a short period yeah, of time. Yeah, I
1: thought so. I thought so.
0: And I, and I, it might have needed. A... If you're a listener, and you asked me, you know, if you phoned in now and said, Johnny, what are you saying are you saying we should put the book down and say no?
1: Oh, definitely read it. He's definitely right. He's definitely a bright guy. Give
0: give the guy a break. He's a clever guy. He, he's bringing, actually, quite a f- refreshing paradigm. But it, it's a big paradigm shift from where most of the industry lives around solution selling, Millerheim and etc. I mean,
1: let's, let's summarise what happens in the chapter so people know what we about. Yeah. Basically, what he's created is a quadrant. And in that quadrant, he's got different types of buyers. And then he talks about how the different buyers relate to the other buyers. And he's saying... Have a look at your organisation. Figure out what type of buyer your buyer is, and figure out how they are interacting with other buyers in their organisation, so that you can then prospect them
0: correctly. He talks about of, holons. Holons.
1: That's it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's basically what he's saying, isn't it? Wow. And actually, he's right. You know, yeah. About that. He's talking yeah, about, he's about
0: this holistic, some... holistic view of the organisation. Which, which
1: understand this. It's never been put anywhere else in any other sales
0: book. Nope. This, it, it, Anthony, it's great IP, mate
1: it is great IP
0: and fair play to you you've presented it in such a way that if I was a sales leader I'd think oh it's interesting stuff this but maybe I need to put my team on the course so they can integrate the learning yes. if there is any training to be bought
1: absolutely yeah I think there probably is
0: possibly and we both we, you know we have we have to be fair to look you know I, I always be hiring is going to come out in the next couple of months What's it there for? It's there so that clients ring us up and say, can you help me get through get through some of the ideas in your book? So it would be hypocritical for me to be critical of the fact that perhaps there's a a bent that might make a reader want to find out more. Yeah, absolutely. But actually at no point as he, you know, it's not like he's overtly saying, call 0800 919 understandmychapter.com. He's not doing that. It's just very dense. And to be fair, you'd probably want to dive deeper into the content.
1: Yes, I I, I feel like we could have have read that chapter in three parts in itself.
0: Yes, and he's getting into some fascinating stuff about understanding individual and collective organisational values. Yeah, 100% right. And they're they're all extremely valid, extremely important parts of a sales conversation, particularly in a strategic deal.
1: Yes, and also in a Me Too sale. Because what he's saying is that by understanding the values, then you're getting away from talking about your products because
0: you're going to be environment. Well, you right. know I'm massive on values.
1: Yeah, and, 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 and he is right about that. Sure. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I, I also think there's perhaps quicker ways of eliciting values. And it might have been nicer to have had um, a little bit more practical explanation of values elicitations. And then we're, I'm just on page 104 where again i i wrote here he's talking about this deeper more holistic view of the client and the company allows you to do real discovery and it massively improves your ability to create real change and i put well it's all predicated on information face time and the hardest bit of the deal is winning the face time
1: yeah i mean like i said at the start i hadn't considered that in that way but you're 100 right i think
0: yeah And, and then i and then i wrote here page 104 again my, my other issue is that this is a new paradigm to learn and integrate. That's
1: what, th- this is what Maybe that's
0: because me and you are old, though. Possibly. Maybe if we were 26, we'd be just soaking this up. Possibly. Maybe we're like setting it our on ways. On
1: the age of our, uh, listeners, it?
0: And then there's a couple of little gems in there, like, you know, he just gives off a little a little bit of scripting here. A lot of what I'm going to share with you will be our view of some of the things you are likely tracking too. So he's talking about, for example, talking to... Um, a real stakeholder um, and he gives an example of how he he would work with a, an, what he calls a stakeholder with orange values. It's going to be quite assertive, quite sure of himself and he gives a little bit of scripting into there about how he would get that stakeholder opened up mm. and, I, and I read that thinking yes great but what I'd love is actually you know when we read Keith Rosen's book maybe Keith spoilt us a bit because it's so full of practical scripting.
1: It was, yeah, I mean it was written more as a field book that you could pick up and use, wasn't it, Rose's book?
0: It was a field manual for sales yeah, yeah. leadership, wasn't it? And I, and I, I, because we'd spent so long with it and we'd had Keith on the show, I've sort of got used to being spoon-fed with practical mm. usage items, really. Um. And that was a chapter, really. It's one of those chapters you kind of need to read it again, really. You need
1: to read it and spend a lot of time on it, I think.
0: Yeah, and I ploughed through one, two, and three so quick.
1: Yes, yeah, absolutely. Because
0: it was so congruent, and then it just, that
1: it just fell to you easily. Well,
0: it felt like I'd been hit over the head with a sledgehammer. Mm, 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 with absolutely. it, really, as as a bit of as a as a chapter, but good. And if you're listening, hang in there with it because there is a lot of interesting stuff. Get your high. Don't buy it on the Kindle. Get your highlighter out.
1: Yeah, I mean, if I, if I had more time. I would spend more time reading that and digesting it all
0: and in many respects that chapter in and of itself is a reading list of a whole rabbit a whole set of rabbit holes you could go down yeah could, in, have, been, could have been a book craft. in its own right yeah you study, know, uh,
1: absolutely it sh- could have and probably should have been a book in its own right about the interdependent culture of selling to an organisation
0: yeah you, you could geek out on it mm, very much sure. get much more into the Ken Wilbur stuff get much more into the spiral dynamics stuff you could really go deep into that space very much so. Okay. Uh, and then uh, chapter six, creating opportunities. Um, and I, I wrote at the top, come on, take me through the deal. Okay, it does, but it doesn't. Um, and so I I, I, I'm, I, just feel like I want the book to take me more into a deal. And he does kind of talk about the deal and he does kind of talk about some examples. But I guess I, I've, I've wanted to get more practical on this one. Um, but I'll tell you what is really good in chapter six, is he starts to talk about current states and future states, where the client is, where they want to be.
1: Yes, you know, it's, it's interesting, chapter six. I thought it was a bit messy, really. Go on, why? Um, well, will go through the chapter, but I'll I, I tell you what, where it came, and I've got it highlighted in different parts. So basically, this this chapter, for those of you listening, is about creating opportunities within the prospect. Full stop, that's what it's about. And there's two different points, really. I think that he makes one, well, three different points, maybe. One is about, as he's put, about how to extend the delta, and that's how to expand the uh, expand the delta. He's referring to where the client is, where they want to get to. You know, how big their piece of pain is, and how to make that bigger.
0: And he actually alludes to spin selling by Neil. Rutger. Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely great. We'll go through each of these parts in more detail. Yeah. But then there's another part where he's talking to me about further on, and he's and he's talking about. Um, you do it this way at the minute, you know, Mr. Client, if you did it this way, it'd be better. But then I think there's a part of this, this chapter where we, it would appeal to people who sell products that are differentiable from the competition. And the, the bit of the book that I really like is, we're all selling the same thing. How do I differentiate me from the competition toward their value?
0: My me too product My from too somebody product. else's.
1: Whereas actually as part of this chapter, really, the work where I said it was messy is, it's not a me too product sale the way he's described some of it. But I don't want to criticise it too much because this chapter itself I you know I do like. If we were to pick the first part, you know, first subheading how to expand the delta, you increase the need to change by expanding the delta between your clients' current results and the better results that are available to them. Perfect that. Because you're currently using uh, product X Jonathan I've got product y it'll make this it much better.
0: Perfect. Just great. Yeah, and then he alludes just to... Great. And he alludes to, to Neil Rackham and he alludes to spin selling and, and, you know, maybe we should do that as a book on book club at some point because sort of it I don't
1: because it seems so well-covered and I like covering the new stuff. But, you know, it's interesting, isn't it? How many times do I refer to Miller Hyman? He's just referred to spin selling. They're sort of as but the goody. What's that?
0: You know, Pricey, if I go and see a customer tomorrow morning, if you sent me to see a customer tomorrow morning, if I had an appointment... Before I go into the meeting, I do two things. I draw a picture of the desk so that if there are more than one person in the room, I can make notes related to each individual. Yeah. The other one is I write the letters S, P, I, N down the side of my page. Yeah, I
1: mean, it's an oldie, but it's a goodie, isn't
0: it? That's what That's I do. Sim- That's a sort of simple reality. So I, I, I'm there.
1: But anyway, so, so, so then on the next page, I don't know where you're up to, I'm on page 112. I I'm there. Way. I did some math. I like that. How math. I, did some, I did some math on the 15% increase in throughput and your current spend and overtime. Based on your numbers and 15% increase it's worth just over 250 grand overtime savings. Da, 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 da. And as he goes through this and builds up this chapter he, he sends, then says the implication of not changing is now a loss of 1 million dollars. And I mean there's, there's other stuff in between that obviously. But I like that logical bit of the way he's put it together. You know he's 100% right isn't he? But that particular paragraph relates to me having a, di- a different product to the one that you're selling, not the same product to me ousting you. Do you think? That's what I put, yeah. It says that means I'm selling a different product or the way of doing something differently. I didn't think it related to a Me Too sale, but actually what the guy said is 100% right.
0: So you feel like he's gone off track a little I bit because actually little the little point day. of the book was...
1: We're all selling the same stuff. We're all selling the same without shit. now you competition. Yeah. Well, actually, what he's saying here is this is a different way of doing it.
0: Yeah, but that's based on you having drip-fed the client information re- and repossessioned yourself as the trusted advisor, isn't it? And coming you know, at maybe, it, yeah. And coming at it from a different angle.
1: Yeah. So okay. the point
0: he's making is that we're at a point now where over 12 weeks you've drip-fed a prospect until the point at which he's seen you you've positioned yourself as an alternate supplier by sheer fact that you're so knowledgeable, by sheer fact that you bring a new thinking and doing paradigm around the same old stuff, but you're coming at it from such a different angle that you're therefore a very viable potential supplier. And actually you're, you're providing something to the client, which is a different way of looking at the problem. But he does talk about his machine and his widget 1000 or whatever it is and you're like well hold on a minute you're now selling the client a widget 1000 that sounds a little bit different to somebody else's widget 1000
1: yeah exactly but then i, I flicked from that which i didn't like to the next bit you know developing a small opportunity which is great i loved that just absolutely well super.
0: that's that. that's that speaks to you and i because that's very much how we competitively displace most of our competitors in any of those situations
1: yeah I think the clients do that. Let's be clear. A lot of the clients are going to sell some form of
0: pilot. Yeah. Well, I think we, I think the there's never thing. been a better time to be able to competitively well, SAS, displace.
1: Surprise client that
0: thirty day trials. Perfect. Well, pricing. Had a salesman from Salesforce on the phone the other day, uh, who's talked me into trialing their Quip product. What's that? It's like um, all in one. You'd like it because you create documents, and then inside the documents, you create things like spreadsheets and kanban boards and stuff so it's like a word document but with but that lives and then you have chat rooms inside the word document and shit but the reality is why am i trying it he's developed a small opportunity versus microsoft there hasn't he? correct against microsoft against slack mm. and he's given himself a chance of taking slack out of this business hasn't he yeah
1: absolutely
0: dead easy quick call
1: but I think this suits our market, developing a small opportunity. Is that pilot? Is it a bit of consulting? Is it a bit of whatever? And actually, how do you displace a competitor? By just giving that comp- by giving that end user prospect a little bit of what you've got to offer. That's what he's saying there.
0: Yeah, and I think it's never been easier to, com- to displace a competitor in many respects.
1: We live in, well, that's a greater sentiment about the actual world of disposability that we live in, isn't it?
0: Yeah. SaaS-based software, cloud,
1: Well, SaaS-based software you know you look at it's a slightly different um, um, sort of idea but you look at what like some of the car manufacturers are doing now pay as you use cars or you've got um, yeah pay as as you stay uh, housing or you know you look at the managed service office market that's exactly the same isn't it
0: yeah it's an interesting one because he he talks here about uh, developing small opportunities and I made a note by it here where he talks about sometimes it's just too time-consuming to remove you and to retrain a new partner. And as much yes. as I want to, and we find that sometimes you think the only reason you're still with that supply, Mister Client, is because you can't be asked ringing up the states and saying I want to approve a new set of T's and C's.
1: Mm. You know, it's interesting. I've got a client at the minute who I've known this guy for ages. They were bought out by another company. He said, Mike, can you speak to a man in the States to get your T's and C's sorted? I knew it'd be easy because I'd dealt with the other company that bought them. And uh, so I spoke to this guy in States. It was all fine. spoke to my client. I said, I got that started. He went, oh, thank God for that. I said, do you want to deal with me that much? He said, yeah, partially that. He said, but you just know me.
0: I had so exactly the same one. It's
1: worked for me in that regard, obviously. I,
0: I went to meet an in-house talent partner the other week. and uh, He started giving me a really hard time and then started getting into T's and C's and obviously you'll need to get terms approved with uh, the US and I've already got that done. And literally, the whole meeting changed and it was like I was a new best pal. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Uh, before I knew it, I'm drinking a cappuccino from the cappuccino machine. It's done deal. What I did, do you she's literally sat there like, you can stop selling now.
1: What do you think of this phrase, a champion a challenger? Go on. I like that and the line. Because I, I tell you what he was talking about here is so um, so you're a prospect, Jonathan. Um you've, a got, you've got your champion company. They always pull out the number for you. But what keeps them on their what keeps them on their toes, Jonathan?
0: Yeah, the challenger.
1: Well, nothing keeps them on their toes, Mike. I'll tell you what, you know, I get the fact that you still like that particular uh, uh, provider. You've been with them for an awful long time. You should use them for recruitment services. I'm not saying to stop how do you honestly know that you're seeing the best candidates on the market how do you know that they're doing a brilliant job you don't I can guarantee that they will do just let them compete against me with a couple of roles if they beat me then that's fine they've won and and, and you rest peacefully
0: I I wrote next to it that's really relevant to our market I think it's relevant to a lot of
1: markets that I think you have really if I sold you know ERP systems integration services around SAP
0: yeah uh, anything where for example you put in bodies or service perfect where i'm on a contract by contract project by project basis yeah, absolutely perfect you'd run a champion challenger procurement yeah environment. and
1: i suggest that's the client you know i'd embrace the client as having their champion and you know what client you should keep your champion because they've done a good job for you but how do you know that they're still doing a good job for you how do you know that they're still putting you before everybody else all i'm saying is keep me there as the challenger and that'll keep the champion on their toes and actually i don't think that's quite how you how he wrote it but that's how i read it actually
0: yeah absolutely so there's some good bits to take out of this developing a small opportunity and yes. the champion challenger thing I they're great good. angles but, but they're great angles for competitively displacing
1: there were but then there were a couple of things that i wasn't so, uh, so keen on but nonetheless after chapter five i was a bit disheartened after <laughs> chapter five i read chapter six put the book down i thought great now we're rocking again
0: yeah we're back in the we're back in the game and then i, I liked this line "A funeral for a friend yeah i
1: like that i thought it was cool
0: It isn't easy to fire people with whom you've had a long relationship. I think that's a really important point when you're displacing a competitor. And I think I've talked about this on this show before about a client that I didn't win where I couldn't understand why I didn't win it. I just thought I'd done such a good job on the day and the incumbent supplier was doing such a dismal job. Mm. But actually, she just didn't want to get rid of her little pal.
1: Yeah, I mean, you get that a lot. And, and let's be clear... And,
0: and me, I have obviously, obviously had had an empathy bypass at that point and not picked up on it.
1: You've got empathy? No. Oh. <laughs> you,
0: you know really what like. they say, Pricey. If, 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 if you can fake it, you can do it.
1: Yeah, I know what you mean, though, about this funeral for a friend. I thought you had that right. And, and that's my point about, the, you know, this chapter. A lot of it was so right, I thought.
0: So what we're saying is... chapters four, five and six. Okay. We feel like there's a big leap after what was a, a, a book starting off about prospecting to get yourself through the door. We, we're missing a chapter here. What we're effectively missing is chapter three B, which should be on actually how to really get yourself an appointment based on a displacement process. I just don't quite feel like we're there. He's assuming we know that next bit of the point. Um, but uh, the, that was a good chapter. The chapter that hurt us was chapter five, not because it's a bad chapter. It's, not a chapter at all. it's just, just dense. Too much, I thought. It's just too dense, much. really cha- dense. And then chapter
1: six picked its pace back up a little bit. I thought. Yeah, I like. But most I, of chapter but I six. do
0: want to really iterate. Actually, this isn't. I, I, I'll tell you what I would say. Most of this book would be great on audio. Uh, I wouldn't want to do that book as an audio based on that chapter five now?
1: No because you really have to listen through chapter five.
0: You need to concentrate and you need a pen and paper to digest it.
1: Well I haven't digested it and I'm not going to put it into practice.
0: (laughs) You're not going to put it into practice because we're that busy and with that time poor.
1: I might think about it a little bit it might just jump into my mind one day. When I'm sat with two people, I might think, oh, I don't know what that relationship yeah. is. It, you know, it will yes. stir a little bit. I might take a little going, bit of it with me somewhere. But it's not living to be my new religion.
0: No. Which is and I and, and, and I can't quite work out whether that's because I'm old and I just haven't got the bandwidth to take on a new paradigm, whether it's a better paradigm. I think
1: that's a big part of it. I do think it's a very good paradigm.
0: I think if I didn't have a paradigm, I'd happily adopt that one. And I'll tell you what, I think the way he's thought about it and the way he's presented it is really solid
1: oh let's be clear if somebody followed if somebody joined an organization as a you know brand new salesperson in a me too market and followed chapters one to six religiously they'd do pretty well i agree they'd do really well i think but it's just like they say how applicable i'm not convinced they they'd get any
0: work? appointments
1: why because it's not sure how to close
0: for because there's just not quite enough on how to get an appointment
1: right fair enough it should use jeb's book
0: Yes, cross-reference with fanatical you know prospecting. You
1: know what we're going to come up with, don't you, after a few years of doing this? What? We're going to create an aggregated sales book that makes reference to individual points.
0: Like a Franken-sales book. <laughs> <laughs> right. Great, it's been emotional. Um, it's only a few days till actually we will be recording the episode with our author, Anthony Anarino. That's cool. So um, He's that... clearly
1: a very bright man, the way he's written this book. Yeah, and I, I can't it's wait
0: true. to see him um this will have gone out
1: the day before we record the
0: day before we record so we'll put some notes out on linkedin anyway hopefully if anybody wants to ring in and ask some questions great uh failing that we'll see you all next week thank you bye -bye.